Welcome to Long Story Short. Each week we sit down with different guests to discuss issues important to the campus community at the University of Utah. Today we're talking about campus safety at the University of Utah. Full disclosure, topics discussed on this episode today may be upsetting to some. Campus safety is perhaps one of the most pressing issues facing students at the U, with multiple tragedies in recent years, including the deaths of students Lauren McCluskey, Zifan Dong, and Aaron Lowe. While blame has gone in multiple directions for these tragedies, I think we can all agree that improvements to campus safety are necessary in order for students to feel safe and secure on campus. Today we're joined by Hillary White, the Crime Victim Advocate Coordinator for the Department of Public Safety at the University of Utah, and Benvin Lozada, the Vice President for University Relations with the Associated Students at the University of Utah, otherwise known as ASUU. Hillary White joined the University of Utah in August of 2020 and currently serves as the Crime Victim Advocate Coordinator within the University of Utah Police Department. Before coming to the university, she worked in several roles at YWCA Utah, supporting survivors of domestic violence, stalking, sexual assault, and human trafficking. She graduated from Loyola University Chicago in 2016, where she obtained her master's in social work, her passions include cats, Disney, and reducing and eliminating the suffering of others through empowerment and healing. So, Hillary, tell us just a little bit about yourself and your position at the Department of Public Safety. Great, thanks. Uh, so, I am Hillary. I use she, her pronouns. Um, I am the Crime Victim Advocate Coordinator with the Police Department. Uh, so, what that means is I work to support um, victims and survivors who are either already working with the police or who would like more information about what it's like to work with the police at the University of Utah. Sweet. And do you want to just tell us a little bit about what the Department of Public Safety does? I, I feel like I can, you know, infer different things just by the name, but I have never really been involved with it. Yeah, absolutely. So the department consists of several divisions. Um, so usually when people think about public safety, they think of the police. Uh, and that's true. P the police are part of the public safety department. So they include the, the law enforcement arm uh, responding to safety. So the police take, uh, they'll take police reports, including safety planning reports. They do things like serving protection orders. They handle emergency situations. So if there's ever like an active danger situation, it's the police who respond. And then a very small team of us, our victim advocates are stationed within the police department. Other pieces of the public safety department include uh, security. So they provide escorts, for example. Um, there's also our communications division. That's our dispatch center. So they'll send, they'll send the appropriate resource whenever you call 585 COPS, for example. And then we also have the emergency management division, and they're the they're the department that sends uh, safety notifications to everyone uh, in the event of an emergency. So there's a lot of different divisions working at once. Correct. Yeah, because uh, there's a lot of elements to safety that need to be protected. Right. 
Okay, so I want to hear what has the Department of Public Safety done in the last couple of years to make students feel safer on campus? I would say the Department of Public Safety has taken several actions in an attempt to help the community feel safer on, safer on campus. And of course, we hope that students feel safer, but of course, we can't make them feel safer. So I'm going to leave that to the students to decide uh, if, if we've been successful so far, right? The first thing I would say um, is uh, the police are open to feedback um, and they take action when they receive feedback. So one example of this, um, I can't remember if this was last year or the year before, but a police officer had responded to an incident in, I think it was in the dorms and police officers, I don't know if any of you have worked with them very much, but they wear a lot of body armor. They have a lot of equipment on their bodies. So they're carrying a lot of equipment, a lot of weight on their person that isn't part of their own body, right? They have a habit of just sort of resting their arms on top of the equipment that's on their belt. Well, it happens to be that one of the pieces of equipment that's on the belt is the gun holster. So someone had seen that and thought it was a threatening dance for a police officer to take when the police officer was just like not sure what to do with his arms. So that feedback was received by public safety and training has been implemented for officers to be mindful of where they place their arm and a solution was found in that the police now tuck their hands underneath their body armor against their body so that they're not necessarily like taking it threatening stance uh, inadvertently. So that's one of many, many examples. Um, but so that's that's one thing. I have several others. <laughs> I'd love to hear the others. Sure. Yeah. So the university had received 30 recommendations that came from the investigation following the death of Lauren McCluskey, the murder of Lauren McCluskey. And I learned uh, last week at the Department of Public Safety's grand opening for the new building that all 30 of those recommendations have been implemented. I don't have the list of 30 of them right off the top of my head, but I know that there were some really powerful, really meaningful ones. And so uh, I just want to name that. That's amazing. Another thing I learned at the grand opening, it's funny, I learned so much at the grand opening and I work there. We have 94% new staff that work for public safety uh, since the time of Lauren McCluskey. So one thing that like one thing that I've reflected on since learning that is I'm an, I'm considered a new staff since that time I started in 2020, which was, of course, after so many people are new, which means that we've been able to create a new culture of caring. Uh, I wasn't here before, so I don't know what it was like, but obviously there was some weaknesses and vulnerabilities. And I can also say for certain, because I've worked there for a couple of years now, I've worked with the folks who've been the 6%, right, that are that are long timers. They're still there for a reason, because they care, their hearts are in the work, and they're so good. Um, I, the, just the ones that are coming to my mind right now, um, they care so deeply, and I can feel it when I'm talking with them about police work or cases that we're working on together. And then <laughs> there's more, sorry. Uh, so, and then of course, uh, because I am the crime victim advocate coordinator, I'm a little biased in that, uh, you know, hopefully crime victim advocates also help people feel safer on campus. We share information and provide support. Uh, and one example of that is uh, if someone's getting ready to work with a detective on their case, uh, doing an interview, for example, it's helpful for me to be able to talk to that victim ahead of time to say, 
the detective is going to ask some hard questions and it's because the detective really needs to understand what happened in the case. It's going to be hard to relive that, um, but they're trying to build the best case for you. Uh, so having that preparation ahead of time, it's part of trauma-informed care. And it, I think it helps people feel like not as judged or whatever other feelings might come up had they not been prepared to hear the hard questions that come out of an interview. So you talked a little bit about police officers and some of the ways that what they do can be improved and have been improved. I'm curious, what are the biggest things that differentiate a crime victim advocate position from that of a police officer? So police officers, uh, they're sworn law enforcement, specially trained. Um, they have to go through like rigorous uh, physical testing, mental testing. Um, they're trained on lots of different things, including like defensive tactics, how to use weapons, uh, including guns and tasers, and they have lots of other equipment that I'm I'm not an expert in those things. And they are the ones that are going to make the arrest. They're the ones that have to enforce um, the laws of the land, uh, and they have to make sure that they're respecting everybody's rights. That's all so very important to the campus community, right? If there's an active shooter on campus, I do not want to be the one responding. And the police do, they want to be doing that work. They want to be protecting the community. So for, for my end, as a crime victim advocate, I provide support and advocacy through the criminal justice system. We provide like safety planning and information. We can help folks um, not only understand the criminal justice process, but other, other processes as well, such as uh, in the civil realm, that could be a protection order or understanding like repercussions of an order that falls within the divorce decree as well as things with the university on the administrative side. So going through the Office for Equal Opportunity processes, for example. So we're, we're support people. We provide information, moral support, safety planning, resources, whereas law enforcement is like protection, 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 documentation, and kind of the things that you normally think about when you think about law enforcement. Great. Well, you know, going back to some of the things that police officers have done, um, such as like holding their arms in a different place away from their gun, right? I'm curious, what are the ways that students can voice feedback for police officers to do things differently, or really anyone involved in the department? Or what are some ways that students can hear more about what is being done? Are there some websites or maybe some town hall type things? Um, that's such a good question. And there's a lot to it. So <clears throat> if anybody has feedback, I have heard the police say that they are interested in receiving that feedback directly. I also recognize that police are in a position of power and someone may not feel comfortable sharing that feedback directly. So other methods of doing that would be to go through the website where you can let your voice be heard. I don't have the link available right this second, but if you search Google, if you search the university website, there's a place where you can submit compliments and complaints about university safety. Any staff member, including police officers, myself, security, anybody. And that goes uh, straight to our chief uh, safety officer, Keith Squires, and I believe also the president, President Randall. And then it gets passed down through the ranks to the appropriate folks. And if it's something that needs to be 
if it's a training issue for just one person because maybe they violated protocol or whatever, then they'll address the training issue with that person directly. Or if it's if it's the case of, oh, we notice a lot of our officers are resting their arms on their holsters, then they they implement a protocol and training to address the whole department, right? So that's a super powerful way to let your voice be heard. You can also, uh, if it's someone who's maybe working with a crime victim advocate, um, we share feedback pretty frequently because we work with the police all the time. So, you know, we have a, a nice trusting relationship with most of the officers and we're able to say, because we're, we're approaching from a place of kindness and respect, we know the officers have good intentions. <laughs> They're able to hear our feedback as well. Uh, so there's there's several methods and modes. Let your voice be heard is especially powerful. Well, that's so great to hear that. I mean, it sounds like especially after recent murders, there's been a lot of like an overhaul of departments, right? Bringing in a lot of new people, new rules, new policies. Um, so it's really great to hear that students uh, can feel comfortable that things seem to be getting better, more safe more secure. Um, you talked about earlier, you, you know, you said that a lot of the improvements that have already happened, that's really up for the students to judge, right? But I'm curious what you would personally suggest the department could still do to make it even better. Well, the department is, uh, it's always a work in progress. And our interim chief, Hinojosa, is always, I'm speaking specifically of the police department, he is always saying there's always room for improvement, even though we've come so far, we can always get better. And I think um, our chief safety officer, Keith Squires, is also of the same mindset that we always want to do better. We always want to be better and we want to provide the best service we can. So in, in that regard, we do have things in progress. So the Crime Victim Advocacy Program, our team, is relatively new to campus, which means that we're still building up and we're still, you know, officers are still getting used to working with us and kind of figuring out the best way to do so. And I have actually been the only advocate on campus since about March, and we recently hired a second advocate in in November. So our team is expanding, uh, which our capacity is expanding. Yeah, it's so wonderful. Things that we're doing, I'm just going to take a little moment to brag about our services uh, and a little more depth, if that's okay. The big things about crime victim advocates are that we provide information, support, and advocacy. So dividing each of those things up. So information is power, right? So if there's someone who's experienced harm, and I've been using the term victim because that's the technical term in the criminal justice system. I wouldn't want to put anyone in a box. Um, maybe they're a survivor. We would usually try to use whatever language they normally use. Victim is the technical term. So um, for a victim of a crime, that can be really overwhelming. They've just been harmed and now there's a lot of systems and there's a lot of people who wanna help. Uh, the crime victim advocates can talk about possible, like all the different possible options and what kind of efforts or time investments those things might take. We can talk about what it's like to make a police report and then what the police might do as a result of that police report. And all of this is really just to help people make an informed decision about what they wanna do, what's best for them, right? The second piece of that is support. Um, so we can provide, provide information about filing for a protection order example. So, so supporting their safety in a legal route. We get people connected with resources. So that includes like, like those legal resources I was talking about that could include counseling. 
academic adjustments, lots of different things available on campus. Uh, and we can also attend criminal justice events with the person who's been harmed. Uh, so that could include like the police interview or a court hearing, because sometimes attending those things by yourself is super intimidating. You might not want to go at all. So maybe having someone that you've worked with that you know cares about your case and what you're going through can make it a little bit less scary. Still scary, but a little bit less scary. Um, and then advocacy is the big, we're called advocates, right? So we better be doing some kind of advocacy. We're working with uh, a victim or a witness. Um, we would be communicating their wants and needs to the police and par other partners at the university. If someone has a protection order that needs to be served, I would be communicating that with the police to say, we need to make sure we're getting this served. Or if the person who's been harmed really doesn't want any more contact from law because there's so many people who will be reaching out to offer support. I can advocate for people to stop reaching out. This person has what they need. They already have a contact person to address whatever needs might come up in the future. I had mentioned already before that we provide feedback to police and partners at the university if things need to be improved um, and when things go really well. So especially recently when I've been working with folks who've been interviewed by a detective or the police officer, they'll say, wow, that was so much better than I thought it was going to be. And they'll say that right after the police officer leaves. <laughs> Feels like a magical moment for me to be like, yes, like our police are doing the right thing and I'm I'm supporting good work on campus. And of course, I want to tell the police officers that they're doing a good job so that they continue to do the right things. That's one thing that we do. Um, and then the other biggest part of advocacy is making sure that folks understand their rights in the criminal justice system. So a lot of people hear about defendants' rights, the right to due process, the right to an attorney, so on and so forth. So those are all granted by the Constitution. In the state of Utah specifically, our state constitution grants rights to victims as well. That's not true across the nation. That's only true in Utah. Other, other states might have that victim's rights as well, um, but it's not a standard thing across the states. Um, and so we help make sure that people understand what are their rights, such as rights to information through that criminal justice system. Great. Well, thank you so much, Hillary. I, I really feel like I learned a lot from this interview and I, for one, feel a lot safer even just being on campus. So this is great. Thank you very much. I'm so glad to hear that. Thank you. Hey guys, we're interviewing Benvin Lozada. Benvin Lozada is a senior at the U studying economics and math with a minor in political science as well as a minor in applied ethics. He is also the vice president of university relations within ASUU, your student government. Benvin, it is so great to have you here. Thank you. So um, first off, could you just tell us a little bit about yourself and your work in ASUU? What's your position and what duties fall under that umbrella? Yeah, absolutely. So a little bit about me personally. I am Salt Lake City, Utah, born and raised. My parents have both worked here at the university for as long as I've been alive. So I've really come to love the campus community. You know, this was kind of the place that I always knew that I would end up going to college. And it's been a really great experience here so far. Um, but with that, I think a lot of the kind of like things that I've seen about the campus community and the reason why I really wanted to get involved and get engaged is like you always see when you're around an institution for so long, you always see how things can improve, how things can be better. And taking that from a lens of what I could do as a student, 
I think that joining ASU is a really natural progression for me. Being able to not only represent my constituents, but also use a lot of the knowledge that I gained about the university and a lot of the connections that I had to figure out how we can advocate best for the student body. And that is transitioning over to my role in ASU, kind of the primary job that I do. So as the Vice President of University Relations, essentially it's all in the title. My main goal is to advocate for students to university faculty, staff, administrators. It's a lot of meetings. It's serving on a lot of different committees, mostly being in the room and making sure that student voice is represented and heard. It's honestly a little bit of a difficult position just because for being such like a university facing position, you also have to always keep in touch with the students. You always have to kind of keep your ear out to the ground, see what students are worried about, see what students are concerned about, see what students really are asking the university for. And kind of my role really serves as that bridge to help advocate between those two entities to make sure that communication is happening, to make sure that students know what the university is doing and vice versa. And really just helping to make this campus a better place by making sure that everyone in the community is working together to improve it. Love it. Love that there's you fulfill the um, position of a bridge between students and administrators and others, right? And you're that communicator. Um, one of the things you're working on is you're you're working with the public safety committee. You're heading it up. Um, and I just want to hear how that's going to function and what are your goals regarding this new group? Yeah, absolutely. So with the Campus Safety Committee and ASUU, I think a lot of it progressed from looking at the state of campus safety, looking at how students were feeling about it, looking at how administrators and staff and faculty were viewing it, and really seeing what was missing and what we could do to better advocate for students within that. There's a lot of public safety committees that already exist on campus, things like PSAC, um, the Independent Review Committee, I believe that's the name. There's a lot of institutions revolving around campus safety, but within that, what I saw was, again, going back to that metaphor of the bridge, yeah. there's no solid place where students could come with concerns about public safety and have that communicated to university administration. We had a lot of student advocacy groups, like It's On Us is a great example, Students mm -hmm. for Action Focused Empowerment, and then we had those more university institutionalized things. But we never had an initiative that was primarily like student-led and student-driven, but still had that main goal of like interfacing with administrators, mm. really advocating for that positive change. And that I think has been the really big goal of the Campus Safety Committee this year, is how do we figure out how to take sentiments that students have, communicate them to administrators, and actually you know start that feedback loop to get people talking about it because I think one of the things that, honestly, it's been a little bit disheartening is that campus safety is one of those, those things where it's like, when it's done right, no one notices. Yeah. But when it's done wrong, you know, so many negative things happen, so many relationships can be broken. So really coming from that ethos of communication and prevention, um, the Campus Safety Committee has been working with folks all around the campus to really help bring the student voice into that conversation and help create a communication link between students and safety officials at the university so that people know what's going on and people can help advocate before things occur. Well, that's great. And I think it's cool how there's a lot of groups tackling it, right? And each group can kind of bring their own perspective. Um, and I love the grassroots spirit, right, of like student-led, but also it is like, hey, 
you need to communicate with administrators and the people at the top too, right? To make it just an integral um, conversation. So I love hearing that you're doing that. Um, and I guess I'm just curious, like, what does campus safety mean to you personally? Like, how do you, how do your personal experiences inform how you look at this issue? I think a lot of my perspectives with campus safety come not just kind of from my own personal, like, experiences in terms of, like, things that I experienced firsthand. Yeah. But also, you know, being a part of the university community for so long, like, all of the things that have happened even before I was a student here have really had a profound impact on how I view things. Things like the murder of Lauren McCluskey immediately right. came to mind as showcasing, you know, that this is an issue that has that is so serious and affects so many different people in ways that we often can't see. And I think it really helped inspire my goals of really wanting to advocate for students on this issue. In terms of my like personal experiences with campus safety, I think that a lot of it falls in a couple of different houses, but most primarily um, in my work as a resident advisor. I work in housing and residential education. This is my second year. Mm. And I think with that, um, learning how to support students, learning how to be a resource for them is something that was really important to me with, you know, situations that happened last year, like the murder of Aaron Lowe, for example. Yeah. Um, those conversations come came up so significantly and affected my residents so profoundly, and I realized that this was something that, you know, was so impactful to everyone in the campus community. If you didn't, like, know someone personally or if you didn't, like, have that close connection, it didn't really matter. Like, you still felt that weight on you. Totally. And it still interfere with your ability to not just be a student, which I think is a thing that we often discuss, you know, academics, going to classes, things like that. But your ability to function as a person. If you don't feel safe in the environment that you're in, you're not going to be able to thrive. So really looking at how students are interfacing with the campus kind of grappling a bit with not just how I have seen things, but how other people have seen things and really taking that forward was a really significant moment in terms of my personal relationship with campus safety. And that's really one of the reasons why I've taken this as one of the signature initiatives mm. for my year in ASUU, because I believe that having that conversation and having that dialogue is so important because even when we're not speaking about it, people are thinking about it, people yeah. are worried about it. And that's just something that we need to elevate to a regular part of how we can make this a better campus. As an RA, do you do much campus safety type stuff, even if it's like reporting certain things, or is that kind of outside of what you do as an RA? As an RA, I guess a lot of the reporting lines, we deal with a lot of lower level incidents, I would say. Yeah. Things like alcohol violations, quiet hour violations. I have been in situations where I've had to report more serious things. Um, usually that's in collaboration with professional staff. Mm. But one of the really important parts of being an RA, and this applies to anyone, whether you're like a first year like peer mentor in the honors college, whether you're, you know, someone who works really closely with freshman students as a TA, is you are a peer and a lot of people will feel comfortable coming to you and they might not feel comfortable coming to, mm. you know, an adult, a not adult, I guess we're all adults, but like a professional staff. Right, member, right. Someone, like someone in authority, people. right? Yeah. yeah. We provide a really ac accessible entry point and it's really important for students to have that, not just for campus safety concerns, but like if people are struggling with academics or people need access to mental health resources, like 
we provide that kind of first accessible entry thing because we are going through the same things as they are. You know, we're living in the same dorms. Yeah. Like, we are going through the same experience of being a student. Things that affect them also affect us. So I think we have that really unique ability to support students as student leaders. And that's kind of how being an RA, I think, has really informed my view on student support is that we are that first line. And if we are able to talk to students, if we're able to support students, then we can make sure that they get access to the resources that they need. Well, and it's such a critical position, right, where it's, again, kind of a bridge, you know, Um, like I guess a good metaphor is if something happens, not everyone wants to go to a police officer to talk about it. They maybe want to go to a crime victim advocate kind of a thing, you know, so it's kind of a similar situation where it's like, hey, I I want to talk to my RA. And so that's really cool to hear how that's informed um, your views on that. Um, I guess I'm curious. This is, I think, on just all of our minds to some extent, campus safety. Where are some areas that you feel like university administration and the Department of Public Safety has improved over the last several years when it comes to campus safety? And where are some areas where there's room to make progress on? That's an excellent question. I think that there are so many different ways we could take this. But I I do want to explore, and this is going to be kind of a niche example, but I promise it circles back. I went recently to the public safety building that just opened. I heard about that, yeah. Yeah, and one of the things that was, I think, really fascinating for me to see was how when you walk right into the front door, there's two doors. One leads to the standard front desk where you can go and talk to, like, a police officer. You can go kind of, like, get get that intake that way. But there's also a second door that leads directly to like the, the crime victim advocates of the department. You don't have to talk to a police officer. There's what they call a soft interview room that's meant to be comfortable, like as comfortable as possible. You don't have to have, I think, uh, an interaction that's a, a little bit out of your control. I know mm. that that's something that was really difficult, especially in like the old public safety building where it's like people would be interviewed in lobbies. You would be interviewed the same if you were a victim as if you were a suspect. Mm. Seeing that kind of like structural change in even just like the layout of the building really struck me as like this is a way that the university is building in a foundation of how to support people better. Yeah. I think that, um, you know, the work that uh, folks like the crime victim advocate Hillary White, the work that she's been doing, um, the work that the victim survivor advocates at the Center for Student Wellness have been doing. Um, the wonderful trainings that the McCluskey Center for Violence Prevention Research and Education has been putting on. I think a lot of this shift to a more survivor-focused method of support has been really heartening to see. And I think that, you know, if we can contextualize incidents that occur on campus in terms of how do we make sure that people are in control of their own narratives, their own stories, how they heal, I think that we can make a lot of steps towards helping students feel more supported in terms of if something does happen to me, I know that there's a system that cares about me and that supports me as an individual and will empower me to heal and do the things that I feel are best. So I guess that would be my my comment as to one particular thing that the university has done particularly well. I will say in terms of areas that there's room to make progress on, I think that with 
kind of how that's being constructed. It's always a difficult process to make that cultural change. And I think that more work still could be put into effect. And a lot of it is institutionalizing it, normalizing it. You know, we are used to having a University of Utah Police Department, which is, which at least as of 2018 was like the only public safety entity. There was no Department of Public Safety. Right. Now where we, where we have like crime victim advocates, where we have more support services, how do we institutionalize that and change the notions of campus safety in the eyes of people? Because I know that if I went and talked to, you know, a random student, I don't know if they would know who victim survivor advocates or crime victim advocates are. They would know the university police, but I'm not sure they would feel comfortable going to them. Yeah. And really allowing people to understand the resources that they have available to them is one thing. The second thing that I think university administration could focus on is an area of improvement. And this is, again, kind of looping back to my discussions with the Campus Safety Committee, is I think that with how the campus climate has developed in recent years, I hate to bring it up, but COVID-19, obviously a huge part of that. Being sure that we can facilitate productive discourse and productive advocacy is really important. And that's an obligation that doesn't just fall on university administration, but on the student body as well, you know? I, I think that I've had a standpoint in my, in kind of my role where I won't be afraid to bring up a problem, but I won't be afraid to work on a solution either. Hmm. And I think that having that spirit of positive advocacy is really important because if you aren't willing to step up to the plate, so to speak, or to advocate for yourself in a way it's like, I am worried about this, but here's something that I see as a solution, then I think that some discourse kind of gets lost in that. Yeah. It's not necessarily about knowing all of the answers. You know, I am not an expert in public safety, I, but it's – I know – I guess almost no students, there might be some, but almost no students are experts in public safety. But I think that having that spirit of here is a problem, I want to hear how you're going to solve it. And, you know, that solution isn't free of critique. It isn't free of needing to be workshopped or improved. But having a working relationship and being able to build an actual concrete solid thing is something that I think is really significant to me. Because I know that in the end, like, that is what will impact a student. That is what might save a student's life. Mm. And making sure that we can build concrete structures and implement policies and change things. If we can get specific and we can identify, you know, how can we support students better and we can implement those things, kind of carrying it from an idea to that final execution stage... I think that that's a really powerful way that we can make a meaningful impact on students. Wow, I love it. Um, it's one of those things that you were saying earlier, right? It's like when everyone's doing their job right, we don't usually think about campus safety, right? Because it's just like, oh, everything seems to be pretty safe, you know? So, um, so I love that we're starting to hear more about some of these different implementations and changes happening because there is a lot that seems to be improving. Um, but I also love your other point about just, you know, it's really easy 
for everyone to complain but it's not always easy to like take action and you're taking a lot of action right um and just more students getting involved is i think what we need um so i i guess i'm curious like how can students get more involved in ASUU. We talked about that earlier. Um, and I, I just following that, what are some of your biggest takeaways from your time in student government? I think really touching on that notion of like, you know, involvement in terms of making your voice heard. I think one of the things I'll start with the, one of my biggest takeaways from my time in student government. And that is that you don't, there is no like, there is no perfect way to go about things and there is no skill set that you need in order to advocate effectively there's no like secret handbook Mm. there's no way to go about things it really is an opportunity for you to learn and grow and represent people and it's honestly one of the best opportunities that i think exists on this campus it's one of those places where you know you are free to make mistakes you're free to take risks you're yeah free to be, be kind of a little bit i don't want to say wild but like you're you're free to let your mind explore you're free right. to do what you want to do and i think that like every student has something to contribute and you do not necessarily need a title or a position in order to do it what i circle back to that concept of kind of positive advocacy i'm being i'm working on solutions to issues, my thoughts are, you know, every little bit helps. If you're bringing up an issue, like let's say, for example, if someone comes into my office and says, here's a campus safety issue, that's positive advocacy. Mm. You are interested in running for a position and representing your constituents in a college, that's positive advocacy. Um, Being, I think, in a position where you can represent your fellow constituents is just as simple as wanting to and taking some of the administrative steps necessary to do it. You know, filing the elections. Our filing deadline is coming up soon. Um, It's November 28th. I would highly recommend anyone run either in our assembly or our Senate or for an executive ticket or the attorney general. I'm interested. (laughs) This sounds cool. Um, It's a really unique environment there is no prerequisites necessary. You can, you know, you can make that jump. All it really takes is for you to have a vision. Mm. And there are advisors in ASUU. There, there will be people there who share that vision, who are there to support you and to help that come to life. I think that that's one of the greatest things that I've really seen is like, I think our entire administration came into this year with a vision, but it was a really lofty vision. And there are always hiccups along the way, but like we have had such a solid support system. I'm really grateful for that. And like if you join ASUU, you are not joining like just a student government. You're joining a community. We are an incredibly open organization. You know, we take essentially unlimited amounts of volunteers. Hmm. Um, if you want to dedicate a little bit more time to that, you know, there are positions in the legislative branch. There are, in the executive branch, you have your directors, your associate directors. You can even, you know, eventually be like me, run for a position in the presidency. But yeah, like one of the really important things that I really like to contextualize for a lot of people is that this is my second year in ASUU. Yeah. This is, it's not something that, you know, you need 
tremendous amounts of experience and knowledge in order to do. It's about passion. It's about mm. wanting to stay involved and wanting to serve your student, your fellow students. And if you have that, you will succeed in any position you want. That's very inspiring. And it's kind of going back to what you were saying a little earlier, right? With it's okay to make mistakes too. It's okay to be a little wild. It's that there's a kind of a, um, like a romanticism to that, right? Where it's, it's about the passion where I think as a student, it feels really good to hear it's okay to fail sometimes just try because that can be succeeding, you know? Um, cool. Well, I'm just, I guess I'm curious just as, you know, um, in terms of the ASU deadline coming up, are there any other things coming up or maybe any upcoming events or programs that you'd like to promote? We do a lot of different programming and to be entirely honest, like that is not a division that I'm very, that I'm very kind of in tune with just because I do a lot of that university advocacy work. What I would say, if I can give some plugs, um, we have stress buster week coming up the week before finals. Um, there's always fun events going on there, helping you to de-stress. Um, this spring, we've got a lot of really cool initiatives going on. We're currently in the early phases of planning a concert for the spring. Cool. We're really excited for that. If you keep track of our Instagram, we usually post all of our events there. It's at U of U Student Gov. Um, those are kind of the big upcoming events that I can think of off the top of my head. I apologize for not having a more complete list. No, no. I mean, I... It's at U, U, U of U student gov. Okay, cool. Um, any other plugs aside from that people should check out? The, I guess the last plug that I would give, this is very general, is like given that I'm going to speak a little bit, not necessarily just to you, but to speak kind of to the students. Yeah, the and like, do it. ASUU is here for every student at the university. There's always a person there with an open ear if you need support, if you want to get involved, if you need help, anything like that. It's an institution that I think I am really proud of in the path that we take towards representing students. And there's always space for more input, more ideas. Every student on this campus, our goal is to have every student have a community. And we know that that community is found in so many different places. As the student government, we really want to help support that community, whether it's in within ASUU or not. We want to support community, we want to build community. We want people to know that they belong here. And if you have anything that you want to see happen, if you have an initiative that you want to plan, if you have an, a, like a cool idea for like a new club you want to join, like come talk to us. We are here to enable you to pursue your passions. And sometimes that looks like in my role, advocacy, you know, taking student, you know, th taking things that students are concerned about, students are frustrated about, representing that and, and working to find solutions to that. That's almost my entire job is to be that bridge to provide those solutions. But we also provide everything like, like student programming, student organizations, all of that. We are an organization that I think can sometimes be intimidating in its scope but you know in the end of the day the one thing that unites everyone in ASUU is that I know for a fact that every single one of the people in the student government will love to talk with anybody that walks into the door of our office any student anything if you have a concern feedback if you like if you think that I'm doing a terrible job 
come and tell me. And I'm not going to be upset with you. I'm going to sit down and say, how can I work for you better? Because in the end, public service is about representing you guys, the students. And I think that's one of the real privileges that I get to have here at the University of Utah. And I know that everyone else in ASUU recognizes that privilege and really dedicates themselves to helping to build this campus community in as best of a way as we can. Love it. Well, thank you so much for being here, Benvin. It was great to talk to you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Talmadge. Really appreciate it. Hey guys, it's Talmadge. Um, I'm here with the panel today. Um, we're just going to give a quick intro of ourselves, our name, our pronouns if we want to, um, our major and our year at the U, and we're also just going to say how we feel about campus safety. So yeah, my name's Talmadge. I'm majoring in English and I'm a sophomore. Um, in terms of campus safety, I usually feel pretty safe on campus. I can't remember, maybe one time I didn't feel safe, but 99% of the time I do. Um, I think my biggest critique is just knowing, um, you know, maybe who to call in certain scenarios. I think, so I think this, this episode helped clear that up for me. My name is Natalie. I'm a computer science major. I use she, her pronouns, and I'm a freshman here at the U. I've always felt very safe on campus. I can't think of any situations where I was scared at all. I, in general, I don't know how feel how safe I feel in the U.S. as a whole because of the gun laws here and how often it is that shootings occur. But as far as our campus safety goes, I do feel safe. Thanks. I'm Ben. I'm a senior at the U studying political science and peace and conflict studies. I use he, him pronouns. Um, you know, generally, I actually have a class um, Mondays from 6 to 9 p.m., so I'm always walking home in the dark. Um, I feel pretty safe. The path I take is pretty well lit, but I think there are some areas on campus that aren't well lit enough. And, you know, last year there were several times I got like what do you call it, like alerts, you know, like texts from like the Department of Public Safety saying like an assault had occurred mm. or something like this that makes me feel a little like disconcerted if that like makes sense to you guys. Totally. Um, I think, yeah, overall I've felt safe though. Um, but again, I'm a cis white male. So um, it's kind of, you know, just different people are going to have different experiences than I would. For sure. Well, yeah, I mean, maybe just based off of these interviews, what are some of the things being done that you feel like are positive things and what do you think could be improved? In the first interview, I really liked how she gave us the specific example about how the cops, when they put their hands, they rest them on their belt where the gun happens to be. Um, and a few people had issues with that and they changed it. I think that was great. And she also mentioned that they're implementing 30 recommendations yeah. that people have had. I think that's crazy that they're, I'm. It, it's expected that they should do it, but I really do appreciate that they're actually doing it because there are so many situations where people don't take those recommendations. So I think that. Yeah, I mean, I think to add on to that, like those are just 30 recommendations just based off that one murder too right so they're they're probably even doing i mean they you know we were told that that uh that department's doing a lot of other things as well but but yeah when a murder happens especially i feel like it's like okay we got to bring in like at least 30 new recommendations yeah. right i mean we have had we had you know we had these 
tragic, tragic deaths that happened on campus. And for me, I mean, when I see, oh, there's 30 things that they could have done, you know, that they need to implement, like, that is an indictment of the university police department in how it had done its best practices up to this point. Now, am I glad that they are implementing these recommendations? Absolutely. Um, Our interview with Hillary really helped me feel like the Department of Public Safety is taking feedback seriously. But um, yeah, I still have concerns about, um, you know, like what else is there, right? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you, Natalie. Like, I'm super happy that there are 30, like 30 is a lot. Like they did do a lot, right? But I also agree with your point, Ben, about like, why weren't you doing these before, right? And like, I want to hear about like, um, I want to look more into the decision making too on these different policies because whenever something like a murder happens or even, um, you know, like a sexual assault or a robbery, I think it can oftentimes get a lot of press where it's such a hot thing in the zeitgeist. Like, hey, we need to do something now. Um, But as a student, I think it'd be kind of cool to, if there's maybe a town hall or something, or um, I I just would always like to get more involved in this topic. Mm -hmm. And I think she mentioned that she's part of that department, but she had no idea that they were taking all these recommendations and implementing them. So all those people who submitted those issues they have no idea that they're actually being heard. Mm-hmm. I think it would be beneficial if there was a way to publicize that, say, this is what we're changing. This is how we're helping you guys feel more safe. This is what we're doing to improve every day. So I think if they could make that be better known, then everyone would feel better. For sure. I mean, it's just students in so many cases don't feel safe on campus that I talk to. You know, and I mean, maybe of course, I've never had a bad experience, but like so many people I've talked to have. Mm. And if we don't publicize what we're doing as a university to improve, then like what can we say, you know, like like how can we, you know, You got to make students feel yeah, safe. You got to make right? them feel safer. Yeah. It's not about like – like people talk about crime, you know, especially around these midterm elections we just had all the time. Like, oh, crime's up, crime's up, you know. Oh, Democrats are in power. It's the you know, liberal prosecutors. When like you look at crime stats, crime stats are like way down from the 90s. Mm. Like like violent crime, especially. It's way down. And so it's one of those things. But like people still, you know, maybe didn't feel safe at the same time. Right. right? And so it doesn't matter if crime is down if you don't make people feel safe. So it doesn't matter if they have these reforms implemented. I mean, it does matter. Like it's going to hopefully create a safer campus. But ultimately, if students don't feel safer, then are parents going to feel comfortable sending their kids, you know, to live on campus, especially out of state? Yeah, that's a good point. I think the messaging is such a big thing, right? Because I didn't really know about a lot of um, of a lot of what we discussed in the interviews before the interviews, like crime victim advocates. I was like, I kind of know what that is, but I really would like to see more ways that students can hear about this. I know the new public safety building just opened. I wonder if they'll maybe do some sort of um, like open house kind of a thing there. Um, but yeah, I think that's such a big thing, right? I mean, I remember one time when I was, I think like 11 or 12, um, I was with a couple friends I think it was a football game at the U and and we were from Utah County and one of my friends was like oh 
But the U, I don't know if I'd go there in college because it's not as safe as BYU. And I'm like, why do you think that? Is it just because it's in Provo? Like maybe there is kind of a like conservative areas are safer. Like maybe there's more cops in those areas. But it's just getting down to why people think these things and then changing the narrative, right? And changing how people feel. So what things, if they did implement on campus, what specific things would make you guys feel safer? Like having more lights, having yeah. more of the, I don't know what they're called, the emergency poles. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, what yeah. would you guys like to see? I'd like to see better lighting in a lot of areas on campus. I think we, it's a simple step that you can do. And it's like statistically proven when you have better lighting, less incidents happen. Like just people are like, people like that are going to commit crimes, they're going to go in like shadowy places, you know, so people can't see them. But if people can see them and if it's well lit at night, I mean, doesn't mean nothing will ever happen. Yeah. You can't stop any every bad thing from happening, you know. Like, we'd be living in a utopia if we figured that out. <laughs> but, like, see, the you know, better lighting, more cameras, I think, in certain places would be good so we can have evidence when things happen to help um, put people behind bars that are, like, violent and dangerous. Yeah. Um, honestly, just, like, overall better communication, I think, would be really important. But, um, yeah, let's well, – I'd like to see what you um... – Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, there was one time um... – and it wasn't like a huge, profoundly changing experience, you know, but I was just walking by the stadium on a school day and there was this guy who was just started like shouting at me and swearing. And I was like, who is this guy? And I was like, are you affiliated with the U? And he's like, no. And like all this stuff. And um, obviously this is an, an anomaly. Like I've never really had something like that happen where someone just starts like verbally attacking me. Um but I didn't really know who to like call or anything because I was just worried if someone else wouldn't feel safe. Um, so seeing the university um, give people more resources in a way that's like, hey, here's who you call in this type of situation. Maybe a crime victim advocate would be better in this situation. Um, I think that could be cool, too. But I, I do agree with your point with better lighting and everything, you know, um, cameras, too. Um yeah, were were there any, were there any other uh, standouts from these interviews, guys? I thought it was really interesting yeah. just to hear the different perspectives, mm -hmm. right, of a student yeah. and a crime victim yeah. advocate. Is there anything that would make you feel better, Natalie? About? I mean, I don't really feel unsafe. I do yeah. agree. More lights would be nice. I think it also is somewhat my fault riding my bike without lights at night, so that's something <laughs> I can definitely improve. Mm. But more lights in general. Yeah, I think would help. But yeah, overall, I do feel really safe. That's good. I mean, in general, I do as well. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's just I can see these places where especially if I'm someone who like is concerned about that already, maybe has some anxiety around that because yeah. of things we've seen happen on campus. Right. It could be better. But yeah, let's um let's pivot to that second interview. What did you guys think about? Um, you know, we talked to Benvin, our VP of university relations. Um, in ASUU. What did you guys think about that interview? Yeah, thanks for asking that, Ben. I think um, I think it was really interesting to hear more about ASUU. I always kind of hear about it in very brief detail, like a teacher will mention it maybe. It's always like an abstract thing. <laughs> yeah. I've never seen what ASUU actually is. But... Totally, yeah. right. And I think, uh, yeah, I mean, Benvin was just super well-spoken, you know, and it was great to hear about um, 
about it. I mean, it was pretty inspiring hearing how it sounds like they kind of take anyone and it's just super student involved. Um, so honestly, I'd be interested in checking out ASUU and maybe even applying for a position or something. Yeah, I mean, for sure. It's, you know, I've been involved in ASUU in a number of areas. Um, I volunteered on a diff- number of different things. Um, also, How have you been involved in it? Uh, yeah, so last year I volunteered with the Campus Events Board, and then this semester I've been volunteering with the Non-Traditional Student Immersion and Outreach Board. We do a lot of um, advocacy for international students, transfer students, parents, you know, mm. students who are parents, older students, um, veterans. Um, cool. So it's, it's a lot of that, and I've really appreciated that work that we've done, you know, to be able to help some of these issues that, just happen with um, people who are non-traditional students. You yeah, know, and there's the campus isn't built for them maybe in the way it could be. Um, I will say, like with ASUU, I've mostly had good experiences. I've always found, you know, the current presidency they're very gracious always, and people are always really friendly. I mean, it's not like it's without any clickiness whatsoever. Any group mm, is right. Um, that's all. I mean, that's what I'd say. Right? Is don't think you know, like. It's not that you're not going to face any sort of like cultural thing there. Right. Totally. Right? It's I mean, not, it's, it's never going to be a hundred percent peer inclusive, right? Yeah, there's yeah. a little bit of clickiness. Like, or... there's, there's always that. And it's always um, somewhat with hired positions. I think there's sometimes an air of like, it's who you know, you know, um, which isn't completely true. I will say like, it's definitely like they will hire people if you Generally, you know, if you are willing to be involved, I think in most cases, but um, it's not like I've never seen any form of clickiness happen with that sort of thing because they're good scholarships. I mean, people know their friends better than they know some random student. So, right, you know, that's may happen sometimes. Yeah, that makes sense. And if I was in that situation, would I do the same thing as them? I don't know. Yeah, I hope not. But. Yeah, I mean, it's that's the thing, is it's hard to blame people, right? And that's the biggest complaint I hear with ASUU. Oh, it's who you know, you know? Mm. You know, sometimes that there is clickiness. And it's not like that's not there, but I'd encourage people to still try to be involved, right? Because there's a lot of good things you can be involved in. And people are generally friendly, you know? Like, it's not... Yeah, it's it's yeah. not completely a you know bad place at all. It's I've generally had positive experiences. And I think it's you know, just so important to have any campus community type stuff that you can, right? And even going back to the point of like, that makes people feel more safe. You know, if you can make people feel secure and have some sort of trust in a group and institution, like, I think that just helps our community just run a lot more smoothly, you know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, I mean, as an RA, I'll say with um, going back to Benvin's interview, it's um, definitely something we think about a lot. I think is important when we're trying to create that community, you know, with students is so important in making them feel safer. Right? Yeah. Um, Tell me how it is for you to be an RA. Yeah. I mean, for me, a lot of what I do, similar to Benvin, right, yeah. is just really trying to create engagement with students on the floor that I'm, you know, the RA for. Um, I have duty that I do, I don't know, every few weeks or something. It's, you know, I have a certain number of days per semester that I do duty and um generally been pretty good haven't had too many incidents really um it's all right you know it's you're on call essentially from like 5 p.m until like 8 a.m the next morning yeah you know i've gotten calls at 1 a.m 
6.30 a.m. before. Um, <laughs> I couldn't do that. Lockouts I would just say no. usually. You know, it's usually <laughs> yeah. students getting locked out of their yeah. apartments. Sometimes noise complaints. Um, again, I, I'm not speaking for HRE here. I will clarify, right? Like, right. Um, you know, if they're hearing this. <laughs> but um, I've I've had a good experience as an RA. You know, nice. I mean, my housing is paid for. So oh, that's a good gig. You know, I didn't. You know, I'd encourage people if you want to live on campus and you don't want to pay, apply to be an RA. And I mean, it's not all glamorous, and there's not that there's not problems within housing and residential education. But generally, I think you can have a positive experience. That's awesome. I, I and yeah, I think it's just I encourage students check out being an RA, check out ASUU, you know, check out ways to stay stay safe. I think there's just a lot of great plugs yeah. from this from these interviews. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, any thoughts, Natalie, on living on campus? It's definitely not worth how much money I'm paying. <laughs> um, especially. Like, for example, the elevator in my building has been broken for months. Yep. Mm. Um, <laughs> another issue for me was the elevator at Legacy Bridge because I ride a bike on for campus. For sure. Yeah. It was awful. And that was broken, wasn't it, for a while? It was broken forever, yeah. Yeah, and I don't know. I feel like I get the social stuff I need aside from my roommates. Yeah. So I think I would be just fine living at home, but I think for some people it would be, it would be really great, especially if you are an out-of-state student. I would yeah. say on campus because you do have the community. But for me, it has definitely not been the best experience. That's all right. I mean, it's you know always. I'm not your RA. Yeah. Um, I'm not, you know, I'm I, I'm not going to speak for your RA, but I, I'd certainly say as an RA, I try to create community engagement, but it's difficult. Yeah, ours definitely, they try, they try hard. I spend most weekends at home, so I'm not there yeah. for the activities. And I think other people just don't have a good attitude about it. So the right. definitely do their part. I appreciate yeah. them and they're always there if I need anything. It's just that people don't really want. It's difficult. To, yeah, build the community. It's a fresh, you know, like you and I, like I'm in the same area as you where yeah. I'm an RA and that's a freshman dorm. Um, it's just people don't always want interaction. I mean, more yeah. so in the freshman dorms than some other areas, but yeah. it's difficult. But I'll say, I mean, just encouraging everyone to try and find that community because that's, I think, really how we make campus safer. Mm. Yeah. Any closing thoughts? I think we should make people participate in activities. I, I think we should walk in with like cold water, dump it on them, like get out of bed. We're doing this. <laughs> oh gosh, <laughs> we're ending the isolation. <laughs> no, but um, but no, it's great to hear you guys' thoughts on living on campus. I've never lived on campus. I was at a boarding school in high school, so that was kind of like that. But um, but yeah, it sounds like there's pros and cons that way for sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Any closing thoughts, Natalie Talmadge? I think I just wanted to mention in the second interview, I appreciated how he capitalized on like that ASUU is always there for people who need help. Mm -hmm. They're always an ear you can talk to, a shoulder you can lean on. Um, He also did, did he plug the Instagram? Yes. Yes. At U of U student gov. Okay. Yeah. So I do appreciate that he gave that resource for people who need help. Yeah, no, and I'd say if you have something you are dealing with with the university, please go talk to Benvin, 
go talk to anyone in ASUU. We have a lot of people working on advocacy for non-traditional students, for student services, whether it's mental health services or otherwise, right? Because um, I know that's been an issue with students getting access to that. So I'd say there's a number of things they can help you with and um, help you have a better, safer experience on campus. But yeah, thanks guys so much. Um, Thank you. This has been an awesome panel. We'll see you all next week. And that's been another episode of Long Story Short. We hope that you found this episode interesting and informative. And if you've enjoyed today's episode, please make sure to look out for our next one.